Coordinated strike. There's a feeling you have that something is changing. You don't know what, but something is about to change. Who you are doesn't feel so solid anymore. Welcome to your intervention. I mean, coordinated strike. It is errata time, gentlemen and ladies, boys and girls, unidentified flying objects. It is errata time. The other side errata has landed. We have the first balance errata, and my goodness, am I excited for it. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm shouting. Okay, so let's get right into it after a word from our sponsors. Here we go. Thank you. Take five oil change. Drive in, sit back, done. See, it's a, it's an episode about change, and uh, it's a commercial about oil change. Marketing department, out of the box, man. I am excited. Let's get into these errata changes. Uh, the balance errata actually isn't that much stuff in an individualized basis, but uh, for certain factions, it is a home freaking run. So let's talk about the core rule change in this particular errata not a huge one just a clarification page 49 acting section change the text on the sentence seconds sentence seconds second sentence to this refers to currently activated unit or the fire team currently resolving an order or action as appropriate for acting so just a little bit of clarification there all right so stat cards this is where it gets uh, freaking sweet. So this a change will affect both King's Empire and Abyssinia. Casa Okate uh, is getting a couple of changes. We are changing the text of her spare parts ability to when a friendly Titan within 12 flips an asset to its disabled or discards an asset, she draws a card. This stops it from her drawing uh, when it flipped back to normal. Uh, that was never an intention, but that was how the wording allowed for it. So that has been cleaned up. Additionally, uh, an additional change to her, uh, change the text on emergency repairs to target-friendly Titan flips a disabled asset of your choice. If an asset was flipped this way, draw a card. This is also to prevent her from flipping a perfectly good asset to disabled to draw that card and then flipping it back to draw another card when it flips or two cards when it flipped based on the old wording of the abilities. Uh, so that has been cleaned up to kind of uh, narrow down her card draw quite substantially if you were utilizing that way. Uh, a third change to Casa Okate, uh, change the text of Sturdy Repairs trigger to flip an additional disabled asset on the target. Uh, there was an open-ended wording that would allow you to, to flip an asset on a different unit. So... This just kind of cleans her up, gets her more within her line of intent. Uh, and you'll see that a lot with this particular balance, Loretta, trying to get units more to where they should be uh, and more within the internal balance of both the factions and uh, the game overall. Uh, then we also have a change for Abyssinia, Mechanized Infantry, uh, change in the text of Tracer Rounds ability to each time a fire team in this unit takes 
a ranged action, other fire teams in this unit gain plus 1 AV when taking an action against the same target this activation. So there was in the original wording an ability to go up to plus 4. This basically caps you at plus 2. Uh, not a bad thing. In my opinion, I think it was a little bit too strong previously, especially when the whole unit is able to give themselves a suit of their choice for every two margin. Um, getting base plus four uh, with your last shot was a little too egregious. Uh, so I'm glad for the toning down here. Then we have a change for our good friends with the King's Empire. Margaret Bell uh, is taking a bit of a hit. Uh, she is getting a change to the text of the shadow, ma shadow Magic ability. When this unit activates, it may be placed within 8 inches of its current position. You may discard a Tactics token to increase the distance to 16. Previously, this was just a straight place within 16 inches. Uh, that was a little bit strong on the overall. This actually requires a little bit of cost. It still gives her some additional mobility. She's always going to be able to place within 8 but she's going to have to save a Tactics token uh, prior to activation if she wants to go over her full 16 uh, and with a little bit of cost there. Um, I think this is a good change overall. I think it's a good healthy change for getting some of the other commanders in King's Empire uh, a legitimate shot. Um, Charles wasn't seeing a lot of the table uh, in a way that was meaningful. Typically, we're seeing a Margaret Bell and Casa combo. I think with the changes to both, um, Charles becomes much more viable. Um, not that Charles was ever bad, uh, but just that these two were a little bit above the curve uh, and sort of not where we want to see commanders at uh, as a general sense from how, how Dev has kind of looked at things. Um, the artillery team. Artillery team is getting a boost. This is a much maligned unit. Um, I know many of you think it's an incredibly pretty model. I am one that thinks it's an incredibly pretty model, but it didn't really have a great role. Uh, it's a very expensive unit, not in terms of getting it into your list, but in terms of physical purchase. So definitely some considerations were taken here. Um, so let's go over what the changes are. You're going to gain the ability... Uh, lobbing shot. So this unit does not require line of sight. So the unit does not require line of sight in order to do its action. This is pretty huge. This allows you to go beyond the first line of first line that the uh, the opponent is presenting to you, uh, and you're going to be able to do some damage to their back rank. That can be pretty strong, especially if you start damaging something like a, a Titan uh, that may have been protected by uh, a screen of infantry. Well, this lobbing shot allows you to avoid that entirely. Um, additionally, you're going to change the text on heavy shelling action to strength one, and the target is going to gain a shaken token. Now, here's the big change, uh, in my opinion. Here's where I think this unit gets really interesting. So on the glory side for the artillery team, heavy howitzers can gain the following trigger on a crow. Unexploded orient, orient ordnance. If this action failed, i.e. you do not hit, you're going to create 120mm hazardous 3 landmine terrain within 2 inches of the target, not touching any fire teams or terrain. So the unit has an ability, if it is going to miss, once you get it gloried, 
to be dropping ordnance templates on the ground that are going to stay. They're going to be hazardous three. And you're going to be able to dictate where your opponent is going quite a bit more than you were previously, um, especially dependent on your target. But hazardous terrain is one of the most reliable sources of damage within the game. Uh, it really allows you to do significant damage to an opponent. It really does dictate movement in a way that is significant. And I hope to see this more on the table because of this ability. Um, I hope this is enough to get the artillery team where you're going to be seeing it on the table. I, for one, am a big fan of this change, and uh, I think you will be as well. One more slight change for the... Uh, well, it's not actually a slight change. It's a fairly significant change, but it's a slight wording change on Keep Calm and Carry On Stratagem for King's Empire. Stratagem's games the following text. Units activated this way do not generate tactics tokens during their activation. This stratagem basically allowed you for two and flipping to glory have allow your commander to have a second activation in which they also generated tactics tokens. Um, that was not the intent of this particular stratagem, and as such it has been adjusted to contain the do, does not generate tactics tokens during their activation clause. Uh, I think this is a very solid change. I think this helps prevent some of the abuses that you were seeing, and I think it also helps diversify stratagem decks for King's Empire. All right, let's get to everyone's favorite, the Cult of the Burning Man. We have a couple of changes. Uh, stratagem change, the approaching convergence. Change the text on the stratagem effect to create a friendly portal marker anywhere in play, not in your opponent's deployment zone. Place this stratagem back in your stratagem deck. So the big change here is you cannot place it in your opponent's deployment zone. And, but you can uh, have it come back again. The big change here is, for the most part, we want to make the, the dev team seems to want to make the deployment zone very sacred to you as a player. There are very few things that are going to interact with it. Uh, if there are, they are going to be a substantial cost. And part of this is to help rein in some of the gotcha strategies that we were seeing with Cult, um, particularly around like a, a Brisbane bomb or the, uh, the emulated Rhino coming in and just wreaking havoc uh, early on. So speaking of cinnamon, there is, has been a significant change to everyone's favorite Rhino of Burning. So the emulated Rhino has changed. Uh, a couple of changes here. We're going to go over each of them individually. The first one is a change to the text of the Fire Nova action. It is now a 6 versus speed. It is a 4-inch pulse. All enemies suffer a strength 3 hit, which may not be cheated. So for those that don't understand how this works, let me explain. You are going to make a pulse, which means you are going to measure 4 inches from this unit's base. This unit has to have line of sight in order for the fire teams within four to be hit. They are, you are only going to count enemy fire teams within four. You will have a duel versus speed versus each of them individually. So that is a duel for each. After that, if they are hit, you're going to resolve a strength three hit, which you cannot cheat 
That does mean if you have tactics tokens available, you can use them as tacticsing is not cheating. They are two distinct actions or two distinct options. So this reigns him in quite a bit. Uh, you are losing a little bit of range on damage. You are gaining some more randomness on damage, and you're losing some strength. So I think overall the attack is okay. I do think that this helps play into uh, deck manipulation strategies a bit more, which is something the cult loves to do, particularly with... Uh, Particular, uh, particularly with the Fenton Brahm stratagems, or and the strategy of trying to get the trying to get the deck cycled as many times as possible. So that is something definitely to, to take a look at. Additionally, the Emulated Rhino has had a change to the text of consumed by magic. Cards in penetration flips against this unit count as five less to a minimum of zero unless they are a tome. So previously a if it was not a tome, you were not able to count that card at all. Now the card is going to act as minus five to a minimum of zero. So, unless it's a tome. This, I think, lowers the survivability of the rhino to an appropriate amount. Um, a couple of things of note. Cinnamon is still going to be an absolute pain. It is still going to deny... Uh, still going to deny tactical actions within six inches of it while it is gloried. Uh, it is still going to be a significant pain to play against. Uh, so I don't think you lose anything having rhinos or having more than one rhino in your list. I do think the oppressiveness of the rhino and that the, the sheer unkillability of the model has been reduced significantly. So I am a big fan of the cinnamon changes. Uh, I do think he is a very good include in a bulk of your lists. I do think his role slightly changes, and you're going to have to play him a little smarter maybe than you were previously. Uh, but other than that, I think you're fine. So, Jibbering Hordes, Envoy card. Uh, Jibbering Hordes has had some significant changes that we are going to go over one by one, and I want to kind of put them in context. The first one we're actually going to go over is going to be the one that kind of predicates the rest of the changes. So there has been a change to the text of the healing magic action for Relic of Ancient Malifaux. This action may be taken once per activation. Target-friendly fire teams gain a reinforcement token. It may immediately reinforce. So the big change here, and really the only change here, is that the Frenzy cannot use this multiple times in a turn. They can be equipped with it, but only one of their fire teams is going to be able to use the action. So what where do they where do the frenzy go from here? Well, the frenzy have had a significant role change in this errata. Uh, and it starts with a couple things of support that have gone have changed. So the Frenzy themselves, the Terror Part action, has been renamed to Sharpen Claws. It's going to gain plus one strength, which means it's going to be base four strength, up from strength three, as well as gain the following trigger while in glory. On a ram, Terror Part. This action gains P2 
piercing. So that's really good, and if you'll remember, the Frenzy have a trigger for nearly every suit. So, Shark Tooth Necklace, their signature asset, has also been changed. Uh, the gang up ability is going to gain the following text. If within three of two other fire teams in this unit, the acting fire team may also add any one suit to these duels. So now you're going to auto suit, which means you can automatically gain the suit of a crow to get the reinforcement token, which means you can hit and then spend that reinforcement token to go ahead and take an attack again. So the Frenzy now become a murderous death machine that is able to go out and really do significant damage with base strength 4. That cannot be underestimated and undersold. So what other change has been predicated by the Relic change? Well, there's been some changes to the Jivering Horde's Envoy Court itself. So Survival of the Horde ability has been renamed to Survival of the Fittest. Thank you for going with the more interesting fluffy ability name. Uh, additionally, Survival of the Fittest ability gains the following text. Non-commander fire teams killed in this way may be ignored for scoring purposes and operations. This means you are free to eat your friends in strategy or in operations that penalize you for, for fire teams dying. They are exempt. Which also means if you play it correctly, you can deny your opponent's points. More on that in a bit. But let's go over the biggest change to the Jibbering Hordes since the faction came into existence beyond this Relic of Ancient Malifaux change. So, in support of that change, the text of the Endless Number Hordes ability has changed to, at the start of your turn, you may discard any number of tactics tokens to summon the same number of friendly non-commander Jibbering Horde squad units that were killed on the previous turn. Each unit is summoned in your deployment zone in base contact with the table edge and may immediately gain a reinforcement token and move up to twice its speed. So the big change for those that are Hordes players is now when you bring people back with Endless Number, they are going to gain a reinforcement token. This reinforcement token will not be usable the turn that it has come in on unless you're utilizing a stratagem. And a couple of our stratagems just got a heck of a lot better uh, because they allow for an immediate reinforcement. But what this does is it puts pressure on your opponent to have to deal with those units. Otherwise, they are going to be dealing with multiple fire teams the following turn. Uh, it also adds a bit of value to Relic because you're going to be you're going to be able to use it less, but you're still going to have a reinforcement token on that unit that you have used it on, uh, particularly if it's one that you've brought back. So definitely some some big value plays within that ability, some major changes to hordes. So what is the errata? All mean what does the balance changes all mean for us what who are the big winners and who are of course the big losers in this I don't think there's any losers um, I think for the most part this was a good balance of bringing some things up 
and bringing some things down. And I'm missing two um, errata bits. So let's go over those first before I give final before I give thoughts on, on the fullness of the errata. So the devouring eel is gaining a little bit less survivability. So there's been a change to the text of the regeneration ability. During upkeep, this unit gains a reinforcement token. When a fire team in this unit suffers damage, it may discard a reinforcement token to reduce the damage by one. So the big change here is that previously you could discard a reinforcement token to reduce all of the damage to zero. Now you're going to discard a reinforcement token to reduce it by one. Still very useful, but a lot less survivability on the Devouring Wheel, um, which I think is a good thing. Those uh, became fairly impossible to kill unless you had a way to remove all of the reinforcement tokens at once. Some commanders have this ability, um, i.e. Margaret Bell, and a lot don't. So I think this balances the unit out quite a bit more. Um, I think it brings it more in line with some of the changes that were made to the Immolated Rhino. Uh, I think it's a good change overall. Uh, additionally, heavy rains, again, uh, you're going to create a friendly tide pool, terrain piece anywhere in play, not in your opponent's deployment zone, not touching enemy fire teams. Place the stratagem back in your stratagem deck. So again, the big change here is that it can't be in your opponent's deployment zone. Um, again, trying to keep that deployment zone as a safe space, a, a sacred space for your particular allegiance at the start of the game and throughout the game. Um, I think this is a good change, uh, particularly with the interactions with Tidal Scepter, particularly with uh, the Frenzy gaining additional um, value as a melee beating piece. <laughs> I think this is, a, this is a good change. I think it keeps everything in line, and it keeps everything as fair as we can make it. A lot of times, I am a, I'm a big proponent of trying to be as fair and balanced as we can with uh, these type of of touches. So that is your August 2019 errata. So let's talk about impact of these changes. What do I see with them? What do I see uh, around them? How do I think they are going to affect things? So let's talk about the rhino in the room. Let's talk about cinnamon. Let's talk about the immolated rhino. This was probably the most requested piece to have significant changes done. I think they did some very significant changes to how the rhino was going to play. Uh, I think that they let the rhino retain a lot of tricks, but the survivability of the rhino has gone down significantly. Uh, the fact that your cards are going to be actually useful against the Rhino, at least to a point, uh, with the, the change to the penetration flip being counted as five less, unless it's a tome, means you're still going to be able to crack the armor for Cinnamon. I mean, Cinnamon himself is only armor five. You're going to be able to do damage to him far more often than not, even with that minus five ability on there. Uh, he is a bit harder to remove in... Glory, obviously, getting him to glory is what the opponent is going to want to do the bulk of the time. He does gain some some fairly significant value in glory, uh, but I think now he can be killed on the approach. He's only def 5, again, willpower 4, armor 5, in glory, def 6, armor 5. And again, you're getting a significant larger, larger proportion of cards are going to be able to hurt him than not now. 
uh, even with the, the addition on the glory side, this has always been there. But I think a little bit more relevance of Incarnation Flames, uh, even more so now than before with Consumed by Magic. Uh, and Isn't That Cinnamon is still on the glory side. So the enemy, this fire team and enemy fire teams within six cannot take uh, tactical actions while he's in glory. So that is, that, the significance of that cannot be understated. Uh, again, a supremely good model for three points. I don't think he has lost a ton via the errata. I do think that he has been balanced out pretty significantly with the errata. So I am in favor of the changes that were made. Um, I do think it's enough, as they say. Uh, so I am I am in favor of what happened with Cinnamon. Uh, do I think we're going to have to retouch Cinnamon? I don't believe so. Uh, in conjunction with that, I really want to applaud the changes to the Devouring Eel. Uh, that is a model that I felt was performing above where it should in a faction that probably needed a, a, a unit to, a, to be as useful as that was prior to the additional changes. Uh, but I am never a fan of just having a pure damage sponge be on a model that is also going to be pretty reliably doing two damage and glory. So I like the changes. I think it balances out the Devouring Eel quite a bit. But the big winner of the errata on the whole, I think, is Jibbering Chords. I think the changes here, um, particularly from some test games that I've been doing, really makes the viability of the faction at a competitive level much greater. Uh, there is reason now to take every single one of your commanders. They all feel a, feel a very interesting niche. Uh, I think that they allow you to do quite a bit of good pretty rapidly. And I think that people are going to be surprised at how efficient the Frenzy actually begin to be once they get into combat. Uh, if they can get there and you're an army that can deliver itself, they are going to be absolutely ridiculous. I am a huge fan of the Frenzy. I think you should be playing them. And I think that the changes are really going to cause you to, to reflect a little bit differently on your playstyle. The one change that is going to give you the most fits is the change to Endless Number. And you have to kind of change your thinking on the faction a bit. This represents your reinforcement as being a little more timely. You don't have to put as much effort into your units replenishing themselves. They're going to come back. You can trade distance for bodies, essentially, uh, if you hold them back a little bit. I think it changes the way we kind of can think about this particular unit. I think it opens up some different strategies and different synergies. And I think people have to give it a couple of times on the table and understand exactly what that reinforcement kind of does for you with that reinforcement token. Because it represents a, a more significant threat than a single fire team was previously. And if you're one that is seeing the bulk of your models removed from the table in Jibbering Hordes, 
I'd kind of ref- I'd kind of ask you to to think about why that is happening. In actuality, are you attacking piecemeal? Are you not using cheaper bodies to screen? Are you not utilizing titans efficiently? Are you not screening your titans properly? What what are you what are some ways that you can utilize your horde better and what are some ways you can use this to your advantage additionally the one that is going to give you all kinds of trick ability is the change to survival of the fittest so now you can eat freely you're not going to give up points as long as it's a non-commander fire team so that is this that is a significant change that is that is something that should not be understated and should be thought a lot about when you're playing. Uh, that is something to keep in your back pocket. It is a way to manipulate the board state and kind of bait your opponent out in a, in a lot of different senses and a lot of different ways. So definitely something to think about uh, there. So we've talked uh, the big winner of the errata, which I believe is Gibbering Hordes, and particularly the Frenzy. I think the Frenzy are are seeing a a brand new life for themselves. Uh, Let's talk about Relic of Ancient Nalifoe and why this needed to change. Relic of Ancient Nalifoe, with the interaction with the Frenzy, was essentially a band-aid on a gaping wound that was Gibbering Hordes' Uh, viability. It was covering up for issues with the actual recursion mechanics that Jiring Hordes was touting as an advantage. And Jiring Hordes units were tuned the way that they were because of the ability to recur and to make sure that that wasn't oppressive. So I think we've established that the way that it was previously was not oppressive, but there is a fine line between it becoming oppressive and it not becoming oppressive. And I think Relic of Ancient Malifaux on the Frenzy and the interaction in particular, because that's really the interaction that was was nerfed, was not an interaction that was going to lead to healthy gameplay long term. So the game is going to grow and the game is going to expand and there's going to be more options that will be coming. And when you have something like this, it can become an anchor around the faction and not, as it should be, an option or a beneficial option. The Frenzy, then, if you take that away from them, really didn't have a good role. They were kind of, hey, you know, we're really good at healing people because we happen to be able to use this action three times. Okay, that's probably not a good interaction all right, then we're kind of just a mediocre unit that's there. We won't be taken. Bumping up their strength and giving them a change on their signature asset to be able to auto-suit and utilize one of their fantastic triggers on their cards at any time is plus really probably two because you're going to be also having the card that you flip uh, for them. That really ups their viability quite a bit. That 
that gives them a role and once they have a role and relic is kind of reduced to being an interesting choice and not a must-have with faction function the the change to endless number makes a lot more sense i think it solves a lot of issues for the faction and i think it's going to be something that after you've played a few games with it you as a different hordes player are going to be in absolute love and your opponent may actually be a bit frustrated by it and i think if you were reinforcing immediately that they would be more frustrated by this ability but i think that the the fact that they are going to get some counterplay against your recursion is a good thing i think that is a healthy thing for the game but I also think that your ability to be a bit more sticky because you've got that reinforcement token on there also means that your opponent's going to have to typically commit more resources to it. Uh, I'm a big fan of the overall change to keeping things out of your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, I think, to my recollection, the only thing that still allows for it is behind enemy lines, which is a 5-cost stratagem that's available to Earthside units or five cost strategies available or side units that creates a fire team with two reinforcement tokens on it in your opponent's backfield of a squad of cost six or less so that still exists we'll see if that is able to stay around long term uh but i i know that the the trend at least by looking at this errata is trying to clean up things that affect the deployment zone early on, uh, trying to clean up things that bend the ranges uh, and manipulate the uh, the operational sense of the game. So, like giving up free points, that's been taking taken away from Jibbering Hordes when they were just giving up points for existing and trying to glory, because uh, that's super fun. And Margaret Bell being toned down spatially to not being able to automatically play 16 if she wants to it's going to cost her a tactics token so there's going to be a cost and a setup to that uh casa not being able to get to ridiculous levels of card draw base anymore and, and just kind of play an asset flipping game where she's going to draw a ton of cards for sitting there doodling uh that i think is a very good significant change uh the artillery team change i am the least sold on this one uh, I think it does provide it a bit more of a niche. I do think that one does have to understand sort of the interaction with how cover works to uh, to get the full grasp of really what you were provided with with the action no longer requiring a line of sight. So... With ranged attacks, and I'm just kind of vamping while I get to it on the on here. So cover works when a fire team can draw line of sight to target, but at least one of its sight lines is blocked by an object more than two inches away. This may in, this may include enemy fire teams. The target is considered to be in cover. So when you ignore a line of sight, you ignore line of sight. So 
its sight lines mean that you do not suffer from cover. The opponent does not gain cover against these attacks. That is probably something that is going to have to be further clarified in FAQ, but further reading of the rules, that is how that should work. Because typically it's been fully stated that that happens, but that also just sort of happens when you don't require a line of sight. So I think that'll be something that has to be clarified a little bit, a little bit more, um, maybe worth asking about on the forums itself. But overall, I am a huge fan of these changes. I think this was exactly what I personally was looking for out of the game's changes, um, out of an errata, uh, particularly around a balance errata. Um, game itself is fantastic. Game has been fantastic. Uh, those that play that play it have fully understood and, and known that. Um, while it sounded like we talked about a lot of things individually, on the whole, it's really not that much that's changed. But it does change quite a bit perceptually and significantly. Um, the emulated Rhino changes I cannot understate as a great thing for the game. The, uh, the Frenzy changes and the changes to Jibbering Hordes as a Jibbering Hordes player, I am ecstatic. I am over the moon for giving the Frenzy the ability to be this awesome sharky unit that actually can attack things, and I'm super excited to utilize the, the new changes to Endless Number. I, I think that is a, a very significant change that we're going to be talking about uh, you know, the rest of this year. As, as to the impact that it has, and the Frenzy itself have, in just a few sentences, have changed from a unit that no longer had a really good role with the, the changes to Relic to being probably our premier damage-dealing commander in Jiring Hordes, and that's saying something in the faction that has Storm Siren. So I am extremely excited for these changes, uh, the one thing I will say is I think Abyssinia comes out more unscathed than I would have liked or thought they would. And I say that as a big Abyssinian player. Um, Abyssinian card draw and resource management is extreme. And while the Casa changes, I think, bring down some of the problem, I don't think that they were the key issue. I think that we probably needed an adjustment to the engineer or an adjustment to the rail gunner. And those would be something I would welcome in the future. Uh, if it proves, as I think, that the card draw in Abyssinia is probably, with some of these other changes, still a bit too strong. But I may also be wrong and paranoid, but that's, that's me. That is, that is how I play games. Uh, but I, I am absolutely over the moon for the errata. I think it was a great step for the game, uh, step in the right direction. So remember, when you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike. See you next time.